0: Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. (laughs) Y'all Green Ranger fans know about that. It's a solo cholo! Hi-ya, motherfuckers! Today's episode is like a platypus. It don't know what it want to be. Some some bitch even has different titles. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> Initially released as Gang Wars to capitalize on Walter Hill's The Warriors. Released there's gotta be a mustache in there, maybe that'll be in the podcast one day. It was released around the same time. And then later on they released it as Devil's Express, and to be honest, I'm not sure either title is that accurate. Uh, I would have called the movie Demon vs. Warhawk. And, and you know why? Because uh, we are honoring a man who is uh, quite possib—he has quite possibly the greatest comic book name of all time. It's First Degree Black Belt Warhawk Tanzania. Y'all know I don't do a lot of research for this show, but even in my lazy googling... I couldn't find much on this Vato, I mean, other than uh, he had a pretty short-lived acting career uh, with I think his only other film of note being 1975's Black Force. Um, And the director is a guy called Barry Rosen, uh, who produced quite a few numbers. And including uh, 22 episodes of uh, that Highlander series that ran in the 90s, a very recent major topic in uh, the Grime Bin podcast, Discord, um, as I've brought that up in a few episodes in the past. That has been a subject, um, a lot of Highlander talk goes on in there, so join the Patreon if you're one of those Highlander people. Uh, <laughs> it's... His only other directed credit is for a film called The Yum Yum Girls which was uh, made the same year as Devil's Express and I'm um, beginning to think maybe I should have covered that one instead. <laughs> oh well. This movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It works in black exploitation, exploitation, kung fu, zombie, and even some like fantasy elements sprinkled throughout, but it's not a melting pot of a movie. It's like a salad where every bit sort of keeps its own flavor, and in this case, I'm not sure that's necessarily a great thing, but you know what? Who cares? Enough jibber jabber. Let's put on our finest gold rompers and get to work, people. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcastio, we're ready for the show. We'll watch the movies, we'll make the jokes, and then we'll all go home. gaining the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcastio. Alright, as y'all know. This is a Solo Cholo episode. It's been a long time since it's just been me and you. A long time. I've had a lot of guests coming through which I absolutely enjoy uh, and, and it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. I initially started the Solo Cholos because I just honestly figured no one would want to be on this show. <laughs> So, so I thought, oh, I might as well just talk to my fucking self on the mic and see if anybody enjoys hearing that. And it, it's worked out pretty well so far. Uh, I've had, had some people find the solo is fairly tolerable. And so I was on the Tubi app, which is, y'all know, a, a damn miracle of an of a movie streaming service. I said it's so technical. <laughs> movie streaming service, Tubi. Um, everyone... All of my buddies uh, that love this kind of trash <laughs> love to be and and I was just scrolling through. I was bored. I had some time this week uh, since we have New Year's coming up, and I was just basically doing. I never, I've never done this before because I I do have people that throw suggestions at me, you know, recommendations, but a lot of those recommendations end up. I I like them, so I kind of want to guess to talk about. About them with me, and I decided I'm just gonna scroll through Tubi until I find a mustache on one of the little, um, whatever cover art or whatever. So I'm scrolling through and I find this movie, Devil's Express, aka Gang War 1976. Good time to make a movie for very, very cheap. And I saw uh, Mr. Uh, Warhawk on there, and I could not wait to to press play on this baby, and I do have some regrets. But you know what? In the end, I think it was worth it. I was like, you know what? This is a good one to throw out a solo cello. Why not? It's, it's actually kind of... I wish I kind of had someone with me because it is that complicated. <laughs> it's not complicated. It's just hard to make it make any sense. And so we're probably going to go through this journey. I'm going to break down some of these scenes, and... Um, We'll see in the end if we know exactly what may have happened. All right. Um, without further ado, this is the movie breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> movie Breakdown. I'm sorry about that. Um I like saying hiya, you know, it's fun. All right, so we are in China, uh, 200 BC. That's a long time ago. We also know it's a long time ago because it looks like somebody spit all over the camera lens. So it's nice and, you know, foggy. My dogs are barking a bunch, so I apologize if you hear them. Uh, They're dogs, and that's what they do to speak to us, to tell us when they want to poop and stuff. Um, So (laughs) we see we have the instrumental music playing um and these asian men and they're kind of like in monk-like garb i don't think they're monks though they're just like in some long robes and they're walking holding somewhat what looks like uh maybe a casket and it looks like it's a type of ceremony and they're leading their way they go they go into like some sort of uh they, i think they bring down the bring it down into a cave and they're holding a small box and it's there's some sort of amulet there and they place it in a container they drop it down that huge cave hole in the earth there's probably a name for that and i don't even know i'm just gonna call it a cave hole then the the men in robes sit in a circle and the main guy in the center he then proceeds (laughs) He then proceeds to do one of the most inefficient displays of skill I've ever seen. I like to think that he was trying to show them, check out these, you know, he was like trying to instruct them, here are some sword moves you need to learn, but he accidentally killed everybody. <laughs> he just like, wapatas everybody, he slices some dude's neck, cuts some heads off, and then once he's all done, he cuts his own freaking neck off, and, uh, well he doesn't cut his neck off, but he slices his neck and um all for this amulet so you know well i I guess it was important for no one to know where this thing is uh which is me one of the most baller ways to like close out like this is going to be a mystery maybe close up the hole though like if you really want to make sure no one finds it like i get killing every you know yourself and killing everyone else put some dirt in that thing you know just cover it up a little bit but, you know, obviously it's there for a long time, 200 B.C. Nobody even, I guess, no one bothered coming around this cave hole. So then the title screen shows up, and... Uh and we're in a subway tunnel and it shows Devil's Express. It's actually probably my favorite part of the movie. The way the title screen comes up and we're going down the subway. It's freaking New York. It's the 1970s. We got some, like, creepy, weird horror music kind of happening. But then all of a sudden we're back on the streets and boom. We're in the 70s and there's funk music playing. And yeah, I loved it. It was so good. But then we're back to the scary subway. da 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 da, da. It goes back and forth to like lively 70s funk rock and then into the subway with scary sounds like four times or something like that. I don't know. I didn't count, but I just remember feeling, wow, this is a great representation of what I think this movie is going to be like, which is here's a here's um, like a 70s exploitation movie and then here's horror movie. <laughs> it feels so. ah. Oh, there's no blend of it at all. But, you know what, we'll see. I, I was I, At the time when I was watching this, because I hadn't seen this movie before, I was thinking, oh, maybe this is either going to be a really good time or this is going to be rough. <laughs> so then we see our main character, Luke, uh, played by the aforementioned Warhawk Tanzania. And he's working as a karate instructor. I'm not sure what type of martial art. I'm just going to say karate. It's probably wrong. But he's training a cop friend apparently who's got a nice 70s uh, hairy chest and uh, we also see his buddy come through who's he's sort of like a uh? he's also got a hell of a mustache he's his like Puerto Rican friend who's who's coming in he's he's a little bit more street wise and he he even talks some I think he talks some crap about the cop he's like tells he tells Luke I don't even know why you freaking train that pig bro like this dude's a piece of shit and and he also tells him about <laughs> This is one of the most like jive talking scenes I've seen in a while. I had to rewind it three times and I'm still not a hundred percent sure <laughs> exactly what happened. If this had been in like if you have been using some Tex Mex slang or something like that, but this guy's Puerto Rican, so he's he's using some, some some slang. I'm like, wait, what what's going on? But basically I think they had some They had some drug shit going on. Or either that or they were doing some kind of Gangsta shit whatever maybe gambling and some Chinese dude came through and Took the money and then they chased him down and then he uh, They beat his ass and like I I think he went into his car and then he wrecked it. I don't know this guy's name is Rodan and (laughs) That's all I can tell you (laughs) I didn't pick up much on what he said, but you know He's trying. By the way, Rodan looks like he's actually living the life. Um, when you look in his eyes, it's just that weird cocaine-fueled eyeball look. Uh, it's hard to explain until you see him, but he is definitely living the life. He also calls Luke Sifu. So I'm going to refer to Luke to Sif- as Sifu here and there just because it's fun to say. And he tells him something like... Um, I think so. Oh, so Luke actually tells the cop friend like, "Hey, we're going to be heading to China. We're going to do a little like, what you know, looking walking around the city and enjoying it. But then we're going to kind of get our chi flow on, you know. I don't even know that's a saying, but (laughs) they're going (laughs) to they get to kind of practice their stuff and learn from a a a karate master guy, and they're going to be heading to China. So now we're in China, and." It's obvious that Rodan is like distracted and thinking about other stuff and Sifu can tell. And he's like, yeah, hey, man, you, you still thinking about what's going, you know, back in New York and with the Chinese guys and this and that. And Rodan's like, yo, don't sweat it, man. I, I'm not, don't even worry about any of that. I got this. This is easy. This is nothing. You know, I'm in good shape. i I'm, I'm be fine. But Sifu tries to tell him, yo, you know, this Kung Fu stuff we do, this is about mind and body, bro. Like you, you got to be able to do both. But Rodan is like, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. Then we get to a training montage. Rodan gets his ass kicked. (laughs) So I don't know how mentally and physically prepared he was for this, but this instructor whoops his ass, makes him look like a fool. And then Luke goes up, and he does a pretty good job of slow motion style fighting. But you know what? Even with this, like, slow motion, you know, typical uh, kung fu style. Training thing going on, montage or whatever, it's still better than that one in Miami Connection, in my opinion. There's no foot in the mouth bullshit. You know, it's just like straight up kind of tightening your muscles and making sounds and shit, you know. Then I guess it's the Chinese karate instructor guy who then is in voiceover because we never hear that guy speak. He's just like pointing and making sounds maybe didn't know English it's it's all good uh, so they I guess they use the voiceover guy to then say um, get on a boat and go to a go let your spirit take you to where you need to go and take a buddy with you to protect you that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much what the voiceover says so then we see Luke and Rodan on a small boat where they head to like a little island forest and Rodan's there seeing Luke in meditation. And he I kind of feel him at this point. I'm like, man, just because you're better at karate than me, why do I got to sit here and watch you meditate and guard you? Like, come on, bro. Like, I'm bored, man. This is before the Game Boy. Like, there's nothing to do. This guy's just sitting in the woods. So he takes off. He's done with his shit. Goes to the forest. You see a skull come out of nowhere that's like... <laughs> already is kind of getting me worried but it doesn't seem to bother Rodan he finds a cave hole goes down the cave hole finds the um, you know the casket thing then Luke almost gets attacked by a snake and with his meditation powers is able to f- like I guess feel in his like aura that there's a snake coming for him and he's able to grab him just in time it kind of reminds me of uh John Call Van Damme movie that I just saw the movie is called hard target and there's a snake scene in there where he catches a snake <laughs> man snake scenes are just you know theres just something special about him so then he's all pissed Luke is all pissed he's like Rodan where'd you go you're supposed to be protecting me he finds Rodan in the cave he tells him to get the hell out of there but Rodan's like yo you know I'll be right there don't worry about it and he finds the amulet so uh, Rodan grabs the amulet and they uh, they head out from there i am interrupting this show to bring you a podcast that you should check out this is the uh, i have trouble saying the name of this podcast it's the identity podcast o d d e n t i t y the odd identity if you are an odd human being and you like entities The Identity Podcast is for you. This is a bi-weekly foray into the weird, wonky, and sometimes downright spooky. Join host Janine Mercer as she leads you down the twisted pathways of history and tackles tales of the paranormal, weird historical people, and you know they're out there, and practices, and so much more. The Identity Podcast a proud member of the pod Moth Media Network, just like this show you're listening to right now. This show can be found on Twitter and Instagram at identity Pod, and is available wherever you binge your podcast because you know you're addicted. You can't help it. You just got to listen over and over. Well, check out the Identity Podcast when you have a chance. All of a sudden, this revenant pops out of what we... Uh, you know what we saw at the casket at the bottom of the of the uh hole cave cave hole whatever <laughs> and it climbs out we see we get a dizzying pov shot of of what it's looking at and at first i was like this is a zombie like this is some sort of zombie but then i started thinking about the amulet i'm like well it's got to be connected to something like it's got to be holding back something it's called devil's express that's when i started figuring it's got to be some sort of demonic type thing that it was keeping under its control or keeping it dead i don't know but then in the next thing we see a guy in a fedora dope ass fedora gets dropped off at a, at a place where i guess it's like where uh it's the boat that takes you to china <laughs> or the, the china boat that takes you to to harlem <laughs> i don't know how it works but he's there and he's hanging out by the boat waiting for it to i guess to start boarding but then we see the zombie uh, come out of the water and he comes onto the dock and he just kills this dude. Murders his ass. I don't know if he just kills to kill or if it makes him stronger. I don't know. You know what? Well, because then the next time we see them he's like this dude. So I guess he's like able to like take your, your, your form or something like that as we'll see later on in the movie. But then he becomes this guy with giant googly, He becomes that guy, but with giant googly eyes. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. It almost looks like the eyelids have been painted on, but uh, it, it, I guess it's some sort of little prosthetic that's been covered. It's been used in other movies, from what I can remember. Um, I Can't think of any titles right now, but it is a, a <laughs> kind of a funny way. A uh, kind of a funny way to portray someone that's zombified. Either way, he finds his way into the city and just walks around. And it seems like the light is hurting him. The honks are freaking him out. And he works his way down the subway. And he's just walking really, really weird, kind of like a drunk dude who's paranoid as hell. And runtime, 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 he finally gets to this. He wobbles his way to the subway. And then we see Rodin in his pimp-ass purple suit walking with some other dude who's wearing jeans uh, that he's rolled up so high that I'm thinking he just is preparing for a flood <laughs> I don't know I guess at some point the 70s guys are just rolling up their jeans like way too freaking high and uh, it's funny because they're talking to each other but the audio is like all the way turned down it's just the music going up then an Asian guy comes in and brings them what looks like a paper bag so probably, you know brings him a stash. And the sound goes up for a notch. We hear them talking, but then it goes back down. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess the dialogue was so bad they're like, just turn down the audio. We don't need it. We'll just use the part that we need when they had the drug deal and then turn it right put turn, turn that music right back up after that. Nobody cares about what they're saying. And then Rodan and his homie are walking down. And these two Asian gangsters pop up out of nowhere and basically hold them up, take their stash. Rodan's pissed off. He tells his buddy, you know what? We're going to fuck them up. They don't know who they messed with. Then we get, back, we get some ballad. Oh, man. This is probably the most shoehorned in scene, like romance. I've never, it's almost like they made the movie and was like, oh, he needs to be a sex guy. We completely forgot. <laughs> because then we see Sifu. He's in bed with a woman that we have not met yet at all. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think we saw her yet. He wa- he he walks out to what looks like the set of Sesame Street. He uh, plays ball with some kids, walks down the street to the local pizza shop, and we see a guy eating a pizza who looks directly in the camera, by the way. <laughs> He's like, oh, hey, there's a camera there. <laughs> I'm like, maybe they just did this gorilla style. <laughs> like They didn't even know that they, <laughs> that they were filming a movie at the pizza shop. Then we head back to the bedroom after they eat a ton of pizza and they make out. What a great day. Like, that's a pretty dope day for good old Luke. Like, man, wake up in the morning. Go get some pizza. Head back to the bedroom. Let's call it a night, baby. So then uh, Luke tells them that um we're at the bar. <clears throat> we're at the bar and Luke is talking to Rodan and his homie. And he tells him, like, yo, man, y'all should lay low because, like, this gang violence isn't worth it. It's like there's too many cops out there. And, um... In addition to that's not what martial arts, martial arts, what martial arts is all about. But Rodan and and, uh, and his dude, I never got his dude's name. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> calling it his his homie. <laughs> they're pissed off, and uh, Rodan wants to go and destroy this Asian gang. At the same time, of all this, we see two other dudes arguing about money or whatever. They're just kind of bickering, basically. But they're being loud as fuck about it. And the bartender tells them. Uh, she tells them to uh, stop disrupting, you know, the business, or so they got to get the hell out. Then a karate fight breaks out. She whoops both their ass. And Rodan says something like, "Too bad them dudes didn't know she was a karate expert." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, Rodan, uh, y'all don't wear it on your sleeve, <laughs> karate expert." Uh so, uh, so, and oh, I think this is when Luke notices that he's wearing that big amulet, and he's like, mm, "What the hell is that about?" But he does. I don't think he said. I'm not sure if he asked him where he got it or not. But he does notice it in that scene. Then we see Rodan, and he's he's talking shit about wasting these uh, these uh, Asian gangsters who are supposed to be a Chinese gang. And the camera zooms in on the amulet. Then we head down to the subway. So I'm guessing we're lined up like the demon is lined up where where he's at above ground. So he feels the power, <laughs> and he starts shedding his. He starts like shedding the skin, and he becomes like this like gross um, zombie like demon thing. He just looks like burned brisket. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but uh, he he just that's what he turns into. He gets real angry. And then I guess Rodan sent out an invite because then uh, the Puerto Rican. slash African-American gangsters unite and they meet up in an alley in Harlem to come toe-to-toe with the the Chinese gang and then, you know, gangster kung-fu ensues, you know what I'm saying? All the the Chinese gang guys remove their shirts so we know, you know, for aerodynamic purposes and so we know who's who, you know, shirts versus skins. And uh, the music's groovy as hell. By the way, the soundtrack—I'm not sure if I mentioned—but it, but the soundtrack is pretty good. Um, you know, I compared to some of the soundtracks I've heard. In the, I've been spoiled. I've had some pretty good soundtracks in movies past, so um, including Superfly, one of the greatest. So you know, it, it doesn't really—it's not as good as Superfly, but it's—it's it's pretty good. So they're fighting, and then one of the the main guys notices Rodan's amulet and he's like he kind of goes like oh shit and they they all take off so obviously they're aware of what this amulet means and they just right away figure that's real like they didn't know he was in China a week ago that could have just been something that he got at the Pulga, you know which 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 is what we call the flea market and so I guess what uh, if you want to get even wider the open air market I don't, I don't know what y'all call it so, <laughs> so anyway so they run away we're back at the police precinct where they they keep a uh, working desk right next to the holding cell so I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. you keep an eye on the guys that are in the holding cell and get some work done this must be awkward when you got someone in the holding cell and like your your wife calls you and asks you why you're late for dinner Uh, It's got to be awkward. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, Chris is pissed off because some new guy's coming in for some reason. His name is Sam. (laughs) Sam steals the show, by the way. And I'm not sure if it's in a good way, but he steals it uh, because every scene this dude has, he just chews the shit out of all the scenery. He's like the only one that can project his voice and just be like a (laughs) Yeah, I don't know this guy should have been like a dad in a 90s sitcom um, but his name is Sam and Chris is pissed off and he's talking to who's you know Chris is talking to his superior and his superior is like yeah you know he's the son of somebody or some shit and he's coming in to be your partner you know sort of like and so then Chris says like he's a driver so I guess I guess the cops have, instead of partners, they just call him drivers, like he's the guy that's going to be driving him around. But he is a cop, so I don't know why they just don't call him your partner. But anyway, uh, oh, good old Sam. And then Chris gets a call about a dead body in the subway, and we meet the bearded reporter named Ed, who wants a statement. Chris tells him to get lost, and Ed says, Well, that's no way to talk to a reporter! And Chris says, do you know what the penalty is for impersonation in this state? Go find yourself a corpse. Holy shit, got him! That's like... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh man. That was some good stuff. And then Chris mentions that uh, him and Sam are basically trying to figure out because his body is like just torn to shreds. Obviously the zombie got it. and Or the demon zombie, whatever. And then Chris mentions, well, there's a gang war going on uh, between the black gangs and the Chinese gangs, so it could have had something to do with that. Okay, good guess, because they really like to just mutilate a corpse. And then we see a dude dressed like a used car salesman, like immediately right after this scene, in the same subway. I guess they wanted to get it all out (laughs) in one fell swoop. And we see a guy dressed like a used car salesman slash politician from the 1950s. And he missed the subway. It just took off. And he's pissed. He's like, son of a bitch. He's got that white male rage. Then we hear uh, Alexa from Amazon say, please help me. My foot is caught, And it's way down to the subway. I was like, what the hell? And this guy follows the voice, and you hear him like, uh, "Oh, I can't, I can't see. You. It's too dark in here." Oh, shit! <laughs> he gets killed, and so the the businessman, uh, is not there for long. But this guy is actually David Durston, uh, writer director of "I Drink Your Blood" and "Stigma." For anyone that was curious about that, I thought that that was kind of fun little um tidbit that I read then we cut to a priest praying over his body while Sam the driver wretches on the subway <laughs> It's just kind of funny the scene of priests like This guy by the way is also chewing scenery the priest and he's like doing this whole prayer But then you hear someone like, <laughs> <it's> just like <laughs> Because there's a dead body and it's all gross. I guess Sam hasn't seen a lot of messed up dead bodies And the reporter knows it's not a robbery because the Ed is there, the reporter. I guess he hadn't gone very far because the murder was like 10 minutes later. And he's like, it's not a robbery because the wallet was still left with the body. By the way, why is Ed, is Ed the only reporter in Harlem? Like, why is he the one that gets to get in there and talk, like, get into the crime scene and shit? Or maybe he's just like one of the best reporters he just knows exactly where everything's going on or I would have started thinking that Ed was the killer I'm like why are you always here dude you're the only reporter around so he starts questioning the whole thing Chris gives him some bullshit statement um it's almost like you know watching Tom Brady get interviewed you know just like bullshit statement but then Sam goes off and he does the complete opposite you know me being in PR and stuff um this is the Worst thing you can do, which is he starts just kind of making <laughs> shit up and saying something. Well, I think he genuinely believes it, but it's a bunch of weirdo shit He's like um, creatures in the sewers uh, attacked workmen You know that from what we heard you know a long time a while back and he says There's a good chance that maybe those sewers hadn't been sealed up as good as they should have and now these things are running amuck in the subway <laughs> so they got a chud issue <laughs> apparently and the reporter's like, well, thanks. That's going to be a hell of a fucking story. Thanks for that, Sam. The driver? So then we, of course, see the headline. We're back at the precinct. We get a lot of cop shit here out of nowhere. We just stuck with the cops. And we're back at the precinct, and the headline's out there. And in the headline's something like, Police point finger at underground animals. <laughs> and Chris looks at Sam like, you bastard. <laughs> He's pissed. He's pissed. He's, he said he's putting men on stakeout on every subway station in a certain area, blah, blah, blah. He's speaking with social workers down in Chinatown to see if they see any unusual movement. Just to see if, you know, in the case that it's a gang-related type situation. And then Sam has the nerve to ask, well, what about my rabid animal theory? I'm like, Sam, would you're the driver. Would, could you just drive and shut the fuck up, please? <laughs> God damn it. So, oh, God. So we get out of the cop world, finally. And we get back to the streets with the homie Rodan and uh, and his buddy, who I still don't know his name. And we're at the basketball court. And his homie notices two Chinese gangsters eyeballing him. And then a fight ensues right away. It's funny because he tells Rodan, hey, man, there's two guys, check, there's two Chinese gangsters, you know, eyeballing us. And Rodan doesn't really say much to it, I don't think. But then they stop playing. And then Rodan sees him. He's like, oh, shit, we got to take out these guys. I'm like, he just told you. So then the fight ensues. Rodan kicks a guy so hard in his neck that, you know, whatever ketchup he ate with the Burger King that he had 10 minutes ago comes out of his body because this is the 70s, so all the blood looks ridiculous. And it comes out of his throat. And he's like, oh, shit, I just killed his mofo. So they head out. By the way, the damn fighting sounds in this movie are just, i don't even I can't even explain the fighting sounds. Maybe I'll play them right here. But it basically sounds like someone getting spanked by a fly swatter. That's all I can come up with. So then we get a useless scene with Chris and Sam the driver chewing on bread. Uh, Nothing better than two guys who can't act also trying to act while chewing on bread. It just uh, makes for a perfect scene. Sam, Sam wants to get to know Chris better. And he's like, hey, why don't we play some tennis, you know? You know, get to know each other. And... Chris is like I don't play tennis dude like do you hear me like I don't play tennis like that's not what I do I'm a tough guy Anyway, they get a call about a murder at that. I guess it was the murder there that happened at the basketball court and Then we see a dude is just standing in the subway He kind of looks like a worker, but also kind of looks like a stripper like he's pretending You know, you know some of the workers are like construction worker or stripper Uh, It's hard to tell It's so freak. I can't see nothing. It's in the damn subway Not a lot of lighting in there. Either way, he gets killed by the demon. Then we jump into the subway and we see a lady just talking to herself. And she starts talking shit. This is like world star shit right here. Like she's just talking shit to everyone as she's going down. She's just insulting people left and right. And breathing in people's faces too, which I really like. Like if you're like going to be a crazy kind of homeless person that just wants to mess with people and just going like... (laughs) people's faces that's pretty funny um and then she oh I really like that she elbows a guy a guy's like trying to get a cigarette going in the subway which by the way I'm sure does not happen anymore maybe someone tries to sneak one in but I like that she just kind of elbows the cigarette out of his mouth (laughs) it's hilarious so then she walks out of the subway oh because the subway had to stop because the dead body and stuff and so she walks out of the door. She's just pissed and she walks out of the back door. And when she gets to the little stair, stairway down, she sees a dead body and then she screams. Okay. So then Chris gets the call about um, about that going on. Uh, but then he's like, you know what? I got something else to deal with. So he take him and Sam head to a bar where those two dudes that we saw earlier, they got karate chopped down by that bar owner. They're chatting again. So I guess they made up. Chris walks in and they're like, oh shh, 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 the man is here. The man is here. Then uh That's funny. The captains actually said that they're playing mid temple jive music. (laughs) You don't see that genre around too much. (laughs) Next time if I ever (laughs) next time I'm talking to someone, they ask me, what kind of music do you listen to? I'm like, I'm really into that mid temple jive music. You you like some of that? Um anyway. Sam is there with him, and he doesn't go back there uh, behind. He doesn't go like back to another room with him. He just hangs out at the bar, and he orders the soda, and they all laugh at him. (laughs) The guy's not a drunk. So then uh, Chris finds Luke because Luke just hangs out in the back of the bar, and he tells him like. Yo, there's something going on with Rodan and the and his gang buddies, but Luke isn't having any of his shit. He's like, "Yo, don't be coming at me with any of that." I'm not. I told you about the whole cop shit. Don't be mixing me into your cop shit. And he goes off on him, man. It's like it's weird. Like you're his instructor. You think there would be some sort of trust or something? But it's like, no. I just train you because you pay me. Like I actually can't stand you. Was like you might as well not train him at all if you're gonna be that like unloyal. And he's never loyal to him at all. I don't think there's like ever a moment <laughs> where maybe at the very end they kind of seem like they made up but at this at this point he still is really not cool with Chris. Which I get. Uh, so then Sam starts talking about his sewer creature theory uh, to these bar, you know, uh, regulars and why the murders are happening, blah, blah, blah. And they're all feeling it. They're like, oh, okay, that's interesting, blah, blah, blah. And we get someone else who looks directly at the camera, by the way. (laughs) At the bar. (laughs) How hard is it to just tell them not to look at the damn camera? Then we get some dude trying to assault this woman. We're back at the subway. He's trying to assault her. And just before things get worse, luckily the demon comes. The demon's like a a vigilante hero now. He comes comes through. Well, unless he killed her too. I I can't remember. I think she did live she does she does live. He kills this dude and she's like a witness and the cops talk to her I think at some point. So now there's been five murders in 3 days all in the subway. I'm sorry, I would not be thinking this is a gang war thing. I'm like this is like a serial killer thing obviously. They has an MO like going to the sewers and just killing people and making Amazon Alexa voices, I don't know. And both Rodan and his homie get jumped by a few Chinese gangsters out of nowhere. And it looks like they uh, they actually do take his his homie out. We never got to know his name, poor guy. But they take him down. He gets. I, it looks like he got wasted, and uh, and then Rodan easily breaks down the barricade to the subway, just easily jumps over. <laughs> it's like, eh, what's the point of putting a barricade if it's that easy to get through? He heads down into the subway. He's trying to hide because these guys are chasing after him, and at this right at that moment when he's down there he mentions like oh, it's cold it's really cold and then he gets attacked by the demon and then he has his head pushed into an electric bo- an electrical box so rodan we hardly knew the um gotta make you live longer than i expected <laughs> so so then luke sees rodan's friend murdered in the street and a cop tells him that another body was discovered in the subway and they have this whole you know crime scene barricaded yet yet Luke is just able to nonchalantly walk in it's funny because they have all these barricades there's like 60-70 people it looks like like all surrounding and you know Luke just kind of just easily just walks in like it's nothing and maybe he's known in the neighborhood like everyone's like yeah go ahead come on through you want to see a dead body and Luke is thinking it's the uh it's the chinese gang at this point and he wants to go fix it now that he's seen his you know buddy rodan dead chris tries to tell him no it's it's someone in the subway man it has nothing to do with that but luke isn't having it he needs to find out for himself and this is when we get probably one of the most cheesiest funniest uh looking scenes in the movie where luke uh goes up to a asian man and he says um something like is yo is this the headquarters of your chinese gang <laughs> and the guy's like no go away and he's like well i guess i'm gonna have to kick your ass so that's how the fight starts they all circle around him oh by the way he takes this this is when we get the full i don't even know what you call that thing i i thought i wrote it down but i can't find it anywhere but he's wearing like a weird jumpsuit um I don't even know how to explain it. It is it is a very interesting, badass-looking... He sports it well, I gotta admit. like he looks, he looks cool in it. And he whoops all their asses. They, they all circle around him, and they're just sort of patiently waiting. You know, this has been a thing that me growing up with Power Rangers and stuff like that, I always thought it was funny when the putties would just sort of hang out and just do like a motion kind of just and in place waiting for the net when they're going to get their butt kicked instead of if they just all attacked one of the power rangers they could have whooped his ass that's kind of what happens here except it's even more lame because every time he drops them they kind of it's like they didn't want to hurt themselves they fall to the ground they're like oh, oh it's like a real slow gentle fall to the ground there's no like hard sweeps where someone just gets full like thrown in the air and just hard fall there's nothing like that Uh, It makes for a very awkward, weird fighting sequence, um, to say the least. A lot of arm work, you know, arm choreography, a lot of roundhouse kicks. But when things hit, like solid hits, they never feel... um, They don't seem to have an impact, which really... I think that's one of the issues with this movie is there's there's nothing it does really great. You know, it would have been one thing if... The kung fu stuff that was really awesome, or if the the gun stuff was really awesome, or you know things like that, like if the action scenes were were something, or if the horror movie stuff was really hardcore, but there really none of that is that great. So it just sort of ends up being this sort of flat in the front presentation. (laughs) That's all I can say. (laughs) So anyway. He beats up all these guys and he gets to the boss. It's so funny because you see the... It almost looks like a beat-em-up video game where you see the the boss or the mini-boss hanging out at the... He like has... You know, maybe he's just chilling out by like off the brick wall just having a cigarette but then after you beat all the regulars he comes through and you have to fight him. That's basically what happens. And he fights one of the main uh, Chinese gangsters. He ends up whooping his ass too. And right when he's about to give him a finishing move luke asks him like how they killed rodan like why did y'all kill him how did you kill him and the gangster tells him like i don't understand what you're talking about i don't know the hell rodan is bro and luke keeps yelling at him and he tells him like we weren't the ones that that killed rodan in the subway the dude tells him to come with him for answers because i guess he he knows what's going on and he takes him to a dude sitting down at a tiny table and it's really funny because then the gangster just says, yeah, this old dude will help you. <laughs> That's not really what he says, but it's kind of the energy. <laughs> Here you go, figure it out. This guy's going to tell you what's up. So then the old man has the, <clears throat> the amulet. By the way, the old man is just a young dude with a mask on, I'm pretty, I'm almost 100% sure. Y'all take a look at it and let me know. This just looks like a young guy with a freaking prosthetic shit mask on. Like, why not find an old-age guy? Oh gosh, it just bothers me when that, when they do that, it throws me off. I'm like, I can tell this isn't an old man. (laughs) Anyway, this is the guy that has all the answers. Every movie needs one. The Oracle, you know, all that shit and uh he says something that about a red dragon's (laughs) something like oh the amulet stuff was brought to by the red dragons and he mentions that the demon isn't as strong without the amulet um for instance the reason he can't handle light so that's why he technically wants the amulet which I don't get because he was in a casket with the amulet in that cave hole so I don't know if maybe the ceremonies would have kept him in there and as soon as they took the amulet then he wanted it back I don't fucking know cuz apparently once he gets this if he gets his amulet in his hands he'll be indestructible so this is his ultimate goal is to get a hold of it Luke says something, your story seems fantastic to me, but I can tell you're telling the truth. (laughs) It was one of those where they use, you know, like back in the day when people would use amazing and awesome and fantastic, but in the real sense, like when things were actually like that, fantastic was something like a fantasy type, you know, it seems like a really cool story. But even though he wouldn't normally believe it, he tells him, but I actually believe you. (sighs) So this little old man... (laughs) This little man, by the way, is wearing one of those little tiny hats with a little nipple on it. I don't know what you call those hats. I'm I'm good stuff. I love those hats. So then the demon can um, now become the form of those you love and things you fear or some shit like that is what the old man says. And he says something about... (laughs) I'll try to... Oh, it's so, this may not have been a good solo chill option for me. The old man says something, some shit about his mind becoming one with him. I don't even know. Um, and so then the the priest is now we see that priest from earlier who was praying over that dead body, and he's he's going off. He's like yelling at everyone in the crowd because the the crowd is still gathered around where they brought out uh, Rodan's body, and he's giving this whole preach to them saying that Muhammad is dead and Buddha is dead and no one's here to save you, blah, blah, blah. Luke talks to Chris, who Chris doesn't want him to go down there. But Luke goes anyway. As soon as Chris gets distracted, he heads down. He opens up the amulet once he gets to the subway. And then Chris, at that time, notices he's not there. So him and Sam, plus some of the other patrolmen, head down there. But time sort of freezes out of nowhere. You see the cops get down, but then it's like... And like... Wait, that's how like home improvement. <laughs> okay. So time freezes. And all of a sudden, uh, Luke's Ruka comes through and she starts fighting him. So this guy is like basically Shang Tsung. <laughs> the demon is Shang Tsung. He can turn into anyone whose soul he's taken. Um... And he turns into. I think he turns into Rodan for a bit too, and that's a pretty fun fight because both him and Rodan obviously worked a lot together in this movie, and you can tell it's a decent fight. And he turns into a couple other cats, and then eventually uh, gets beat up by an invisible thing, <clears throat> which I guess is the demon using his invisible form. So he also has some reptile powers, and then he turns finally shows up in his demonic revenant type form. He kind of looks like uh, Jason zombie. Yeah, um, you know, when Jason is like, I I would say my favorite kind of Jason, which I think is oh, is it Jason six? It's the one where like there's an electrical rod that gets in him and then he comes to life after the electricity hits him. That's one of my favorite Jasons. I, I like the zombie Jason, uh, so that's basically what he looks like. And they get into a kung fu fight, which is hilarious. If you ever want to see a black belt karate champion fight a zombie, this is your chance. He beats him up, somehow destroys his ass. I don't know why, but we know it happened because then all of a sudden we see the cops coming down the subway. Time has gone back to normal. Then we see Luke in the hospital. And Chris tells him that uh, the demon was gone and it was just the amulet uh, that was left. And that they gave it to that Chinese priest guy with a mask on to make him look old. (laughs) To take it to China. And then Chris says, uh, Your amulet is on a slow boat to China. Then Sam chuckles and says, It's funny. (laughs) It's a title of a song by Cole Porter and George Gershwin. I think. And then credits. They decided to give Sam the last line of the fucking movie? Like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> Why would you give Sam the last line? <sighs> and then, as the credits roll, we see the guy with the old man mask on his way on the boat to China. I guess he knows there's a, a camera on him because he opens up the little treasure box to show us that the amulet is still there. I thought maybe he would open it and the amulet wouldn't be there or something. Else? I don't know. I just was expecting a twist, but it's like, nope, he just has the amulet in the treasure box. He just wanted to show us to let us know that he's altruistic and he's going to do the task and get that thing over. So when he takes it back to the cave hole, does he got to kill himself again? Or not that he's the same guy, but does he have to kill himself? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's the only way to keep that demon down there. Who knows? Anyway, into credits. Bye-bye. I'm kidding. (laughs) I I almost was just going to end it. Uh, Anyway. Uh, this movie had some very, very memorable characters. I lie, of course, uh this memory this this memory. This movie had <laughs> not very many memorable characters at all. <laughs> uh, sometimes the trash can statements in this in this podcast backfire on me. But anyway, I'm gonna do a, a quick impression of one of the characters that did kind of do a little something for me. Alright. <clears throat> Here we go. <laughs> Quick Impressions. If I don't make it, then you can go. Your spiritual leaders are dead. Moses is dead. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. And I'm not feeling so hot myself. That's my job. Your spiritual leaders are dead. Moses is dead. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. I'm appealing to hold a hell. I hope that wasn't too loud. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that sounded nothing like it been I I I will admit it's been like two or three days since I saw the movie, so <laughs> that could have been way off. I just remember I just had this written down and I wanted to read that because it's hilarious. Anyway, as you all know, <sighs> I rate these movies by my mustaches. My favorite mustaches. You got the full Fu Manchu recommendation. You got the walrus mustache for Pretty Damn Good. And you got the horseshoe mustache for, eh, not bad. And then you have the Hitler mustache for Burn This Movie in Hell. I will give this movie a solid horseshoe mustache. Um, It's kind of something you have to see to believe. Just it's definitely a fun watch with some friends at a party and you're all having some beers and getting elevated and having a good time. And to have that movie kind of playing in the background and chime in when the weird scenes come on, I think it's worth watching for that. I would never say to not watch this ever. I would just suggest don't watch it by yourself because you will get bored and fall asleep or just be angry at me so best bet is to maybe put a couple of friends together get you know we we watch a lot of movies all the time on discord and it's actually a lot of fun uh being able to chit chat with your friends and shoot the shit and kind of tune into the movie we actually rarely actually deeply tune into the movies but uh you know it's a good time either way so yeah solid horseshoe mustache for this baby and, uh, as you know, you can always find this show on Instagram at Mustachio Podcastio, And you can also find me on Twitter at M Podcastio. also on Facebook, but who cares? You can email me your suggestions. You can email me your comments, questions, your innermost deep thoughts at podcastio at gmail.com that's also M-O-U-S-T-S-H-E-O so spell it right people always make fun of me because I pick the most like confusing ass name that nobody can find on search so I don't know suck it I don't care anyway <laughs> this is why I like this is why I like the solo cholos this is my time I don't hear anyone else speaking but me cause I'm alone anyway so <laughs> I've had too many beers. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Until next time.